Ravens will make the playoffs if the Flacco meter is trending more towards elite. You're going Smokey. I bang the gavel again. Yep. And okay. I go with Smokey. I like something a little sexier. Yeah. All right. You're, yeah. you're just all sizzle. All sizzle, no steak. <laughs> so. Welcome into the lounge. The lounge has grown in terms of uh, occupants. <laughs> <laughs> we have with us today Clifton Brown, our new staff writer. Uh, you guys probably know him back from his days at CSN. He has rejoined us here at the Ravens. We recruited him. We pulled him away from the Indy Star. I mean, just had to. I had to put on my sales pitch hat and, and do some work. This is like an Aussie Newsom. Probably our biggest free agent signing yeah. of the offseason, I would say. Crabtree's been nice, John Brown, but Clifton Brown. Brown. That's at the top of the list. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we brought in uh, Cliff to really be the judge today okay. on our season predictions podcast. All right. I'm on it. You, th you think you, you're, you were the honor? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. I like that. <laughs> Show me some respect. That's yeah. right. <laughs> First of all, Cliff, we got to ask you, uh, how terrible is it having to share an office with Garrett and I? Oh, man. Putting me on the spot right away. Uh, <laughs> it is never boring. It is very talkative. Yes. <laughs> uh, a lot of work gets done, though, in case Dick Cass is listening. Yes. Very diligent <laughs> workers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Both of them. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent point, Gary. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, Cliff is, uh, you're in what, week three? Week three. Week three. And uh, doing a great job for us. And now the biggest assignment that you've had yet <laughs> is to uh, tell us who the winner is because we have some good battles back and forth, Garrett and I do. Let me just say I, I won another one with the 53-man roster prediction. Kind of. Once again, I'm on a roll of just whipping Garrett's behind. Kind of. Kinda. Right. How's this? Kinda. Yeah, well, I made some tweaks after you know we we finished the podcast. <laughs> I, I tweaked. That was my unofficial, and then I had my own personal official po uh, yeah. predictions, which you know were at, after we went to publication. So. I missed two. You missed three. You had RG three off the team. That was kind of a big miss. That was kind of a big. Miss. Well, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing, guys, and and we'll we'll get into this, Cliff, as we're right. debating. Is you know sometimes you like to have good discussion. You know sometimes oh, sometimes <laughs> it's easy it's easy if we all just agree. But I like to be sometimes the guy that has a different opinion You're than you. The Skip Bayless of this podcast. No, you know I just like to have a different opinion than you because I can't agree with you. So oh um, anyway, let's let's jump into some of the questions we love to hear from our fans. Uh, you can email the show at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. We have a question here from Robert Proctor, and the question is that his fantasy draft is quickly approaching. Which Ravens are you considering in your own drafts? Ooh. I love Alex Collins as a flex play, but I'm not sure which receivers to fit in my fantasy lineup. Let's, let's toss this on the cliff. You're a fantasy football player. You're I telling am. us. I am. Tell, your league is pretty nice, right? My league is intense. 20, <laughs> 20, 20 players. That's crazy. Dang. All NFL writers from around the country. Some of these guys eat, sleep, and breathe this stuff. Uh -huh. I don't think they pay attention to their kids when they pay attention <laughs> to their roster. So it's a tough league. Yeah. I'm not that Have level, but it? I'm in it. No, I finished second twice. Ooh, okay. You're like yeah. me. Get close. Yeah. Right. I'm in the championship every year. Right. 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 So what do you think? You think you like Alex Collins in fantasy this year? And what Ravens receiver would you target? I do like Alex because I think he's determined to prove that last year wasn't a fluke. I do think that with uh, Kenneth Dixon sometimes, you know, health situation, Alex may get up, will get a lot of touches this year. 
So I think he's in a good position to to do that. As far as the receiver, I'd go with John Brown. I like big play guys. And I think that he's going to have some big plays this year. I think he'll, he may have some games where he doesn't have many catches. But I think as far as big plays and maybe even scoring touchdowns, he could be a guy. See, All I'm right. kind of back and forth on Crabtree versus Brown. Well, that's, that's, uh, let's right, we'll jump into that. it now. Okay. All okay. right. Because, right. I mean, this is a nice segue here. Okay. Because yeah. what we want to do in this podcast is give you our predictions for a variety of categories. So we pulled out some big categories, uh, and we're going to give you our thoughts on where we think, what we think is going to happen to those categories. So as we're talking receivers, let's hang out here for a little bit longer. Okay. And let's start with receiving yards. Who do you think is going to lead the team in receiving yards? Because this is where I think the dilemma is. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. there's John Brown, who's the big play guy, and he's shown that in the preseason, and he's shown that in practice. But then there's Crabtree, and when the Ravens signed Crabtree, I think everybody looked at that and said, he's going to be the number one receiver, he's got the proven pedigree and all that. Mm -hmm. I, I'll start this, I think that John Brown's going to lead the team in receiving yards. I think he's going to be over Mm 1,000 receiving yards this year. I feel like from what I've seen so far, he has been the most complete, most polished uh, receiver both in terms of the big play and it's not just the big play it's the ability to get open he's got great chemistry with Flacco he's got good hands he plays much bigger than his small size yeah. so for all of those reasons I think that John Brown's going to be the leader in receiving yards and top 1,000 yards this season well here's the big question is are we assuming that everybody's playing 16 games because Michael Crabtree is a safer bet I would say to play 16 games than John Brown if they both play all 16 games then I agree with you I think John Brown puts up more yards because he's going to have some games where he tops 150. Well, I don't think you can. I, I, this is my prediction. I don't know if he's going to play 16. Well, but games you have to I, factor that into your prediction. You're just you just you just put it. All right. So you think that John Brown? I'm will, not saying he's going to play 16 games, but I think he's going to lead the team at the end of the okay. yards. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to go because I am a little bit concerned about John Brown playing all 16 games. I'm going to go with Crabtree, and even though I think if. Per game basis, I think that John Brown will put up more yards. I'm the judge here? Yeah, you're the judge. Uh, You forgot your wig. You said you were going to bring in your curly white hair (laughs) wig. Cliff? See, if you didn't bring it up, they wouldn't know. <laughs> I might yeah, be sitting here with a giant white fro. Exactly. You know, Cliff, sometimes Ryan forgets that this is audio only. He, he thinks there's a camera or I something know. like that. We could have said that you had the wig on. Right. Just do the visual. People, listeners in your head that I have the white wig yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just go with this with us, all right? And I'd have to give the vote, even though he outed me, I'd still have to give the vote to Ryan here on this. <laughs> because I think of Crabtree's, I just looked it up, his ability to score touchdowns. I think well, well yep. but this is just receiving yards. This is just yards. This then, is just yards. And the judge has erred. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going, to, you're going smoky on your I bang the gavel again. Yep. Okay. And I go with smoky. Okay. okay. All right. Because now if we go, if we do go, if we go touchdowns, I'm on board with Crabtree and it sounds like you are as well. Yes. Yes, I'm, I was thinking fan. I was in fantasy football yeah, mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're still right. thinking and about I, your draft. Yes. That 20 team right. league gets all, I, I know. all the time, man. I know. I do think, yeah, that uh, Crab's going to be the guy in the red zone. I think he'll be the receiver with the most touchdowns. I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think, think Crabtree. I mean, he's put up, I think it's eight, eight, nine. What's the quick math? 25 over the past yeah. three years. Very pretty, impressive. pretty darn impressive track record. The Ravens have needed a red zone wide receiver for a few years. They've been kind of lacking that. I think we even saw it in practice. I mean, you know, no, we're, we've really seen it. What is it when we've played Crabtree every time? Yes, years. No I mean, joke. he's got like three touchdowns Ooh. every game. It seems like no or, joke. So or, yeah, or. I'm gonna go Crabtree, and I think he's gonna be right in the same range that he's been at eight, eight to ten touchdowns. All right. So one more question on uh, receiving. 
who leads the team in receptions? Because I think this is actually maybe one of the toughest I would agree answers. With that. Because mm. before Hayden Hurst got hurt, I thought maybe he's in that conversation. I'm not saying I was going to pick him, but he's in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sneed is, you know, what's his role? This is the one that I'm struggling with the most. Go so ahead. go ahead. Let's, Ryan, kick it off. Oh, I get to kick it off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go three for three. I'm going Crabtree. I think that Crabtree's the guy that uh, is going to be the chain mover. I think he's going to be the, the uh, you know, he just gets open in one-on-one situations really well. I think that he's going to be Joe's top target. Now, the past two years, it's been a tight end. So if Hayden, I agree with you, I wouldn't have probably picked Hayden Hurst just because he's a rookie and that's a lot to ask of a rookie. Um, but, you know, Joe does like to throw those check downs. So I think that Willie Sneed being the third receiver will kind of take up a lot of what the tight ends have been getting the past couple years, but I don't think he's going to end up beating out Crabtree in terms of catches. I'm going to go Brown. You're going John. I'm going to go Smokey. Uh, I just feel like there seems to be a real connection with him and Joe, and Joe seems to really like Smoke Smoke Brown. He just seems to really like the connection that the two of them have, and I think that we've seen throughout Joe's history, you just kind of talked about the tight ends, when he seems to have a connection with a guy, he... I mean, he works that thing. He, with Dennis Pitta, mm-hmm. I mean, what, how many passes did Pitta catch two years ago? A million? You know, like, <laughs> he, he, when he has a connection with a guy, he works it, and I think that we're going to see that with John Brown a little bit. But, again, this was a really tough one for me. Yeah, I would agree. I think this one's going to be really close. I, I don't think that, you know, there was a lot of talk that John Brown was just the deep threat. Yeah. We've seen throughout camp that that's not the case. He's going to hit him on a variety of different routes. One, you know, one route that I'm excited to see come back this year is the 10 yard out. Yeah. The old Derek Mason special. Mm. That used to be automatic from Joe Flacco to Mason on that 10 yard out. I think that both Crabtree and John Brown can run that route really well. Um, so I think it's going to be close. And once again, it just John Brown's health, it, it just yeah. concerns me a little bit. You know, he's a smaller guy. He can play ball. I mean, when you watch this guy play, he can play ball, but he's just. Crabtree can take, I think, a little bit more beating than, than John can. Yeah, I'd have to go with you, Ryan, on this with Crabtree. I yeah, think it'll be see, very close, Crabtree with me. <laughs> like you guys have said. But I think all this conversation bodes well for the Ravens because Joe seems to have built chemistry with all of these guys, not just one or two. When you bring in this many new receivers, you figure, okay, he'll find one guy he likes. Seems like he likes all of them. Mm-hmm. So if that carries into the regular season, that's going to be good for the Ravens passing attack. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's flip it over to defense. Let's go sacks. And every year, Ryan, you predicted that Terrell Sox is no longer going to be the sack leader for the season. <laughs> for the what past, have we done this twice? For the, sack, for the last we did, ten, I think we've actually done this once. Uh, for the last 10 years, you've predicted that Terrell Sox is no longer going to lead the team to sacks. So I'm curious if you are once again going to predict that this is the year he gives up the sack crown. No. I oh. think Terrell Sox keeps... The crown Ooh. for another year. I mean, we saw it in the preseason. I, I mean, the dude's still getting sacks. I mean, he just knows how to beat tackles and get after the quarterback. And I think that Matthew Judon's a guy who, who could take another step forward. I think he got eight last year. Yeah. I think he could take another step forward and reach double digits. But I think Suggs is going to edge him out. I Again, I think it's going to be close, but I do think that Suggs is still the leader here. I just think that, like... We keep saying at some point it's going to give out and he's going to slow down and Mother Nature, uh, Father Time. I'll get my you know analogies confused there. <laughs> Mother Nature, <laughs> the rain's going to really yeah, slow yeah, down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not a good cold weather player. Um, no, but Father Time is going to catch up to him. And maybe that will happen. I'm sure it will happen at some point, but we have not seen any indications of that. And so 
I think it's still going to be Terrell Suggs this year. I mean, he had four, four forced fumbles, 11 sacks last year, leader of the defense. I think that one thing they're going to be able to do this year is also be a little more selective with his snaps, which I think could end up – he can end up playing fewer snaps. That helps and hurts, potentially. Yeah. I think he could end up playing fewer snaps be but more be more productive well. in those snaps. Okay. Well, Clifford, kind of an interesting story about how these young pass rushers are all chasing Suggs' uh, crown there. Right. You, you think they're going to get it? You know, I think Juden could be the guy. I think yeah, Juden, I do. Okay. I do. I think he could. Um, Suggs, not so much because he's slowing down, but I do think your point, Garrett, about the reduced snaps for Suggs could factor in because I don't think the Ravens will be as fearful giving him reduced snaps because yeah. they think they'll get production when he's not on the field. Tim Williams late in the games. I think. I also think Zadarius is yeah. going to be a guy who probably puts up five to seven sacks this year. Well, I'm going to mark, mark, mark it right now. I think Zadarius Smith could be this year's Pernell McPhee. I think guy I going that, into a contract. I used year. that analogy like a week ago, and I think he just still no. yeah. <laughs> going, into, going into a contract year, puts up some big production. Or how about the? I think you said the Paul Kruger because you know you're a Browns guy, and Kruger went to the Browns. Oh, yeah, well, they, uh, they, it's the same analogy. <laughs> it's the same. Analogy. <laughs> and then kind of cash in in free agency. So yeah. uh, all right, interceptions. Okay, Eric Weddle, right last year. Mm-hmm. How many Weddle had last year? Well, he was like third in the NFL. Yeah, he, he did. He also had another one that was robbed of, that he was robbed of in the final game last year on that bogus True. pass interference, which we would have gone to the playoffs if it weren't for that. Um, You're not bitter, are you? No, I'm not. I, I haven't thought about <laughs> it at all. Um, who do you guys think is going to be six interceptions last year for yeah. Eric Weddle? Yeah, I think it's going to be Eric Weddle again. I mean, he's the ball hawk on the back end. Jimmy Smith is suspended for the first four games, so and he, he's not generally a big high interception guy anyway. Marlon Humphrey, I don't think at this point of his career is a high interception guy. Weddle, if they use Tony Jefferson more in the box, should have even more freedom to kind of rove around the back end. And because of the the additional freedom he has in Wink Martindale's system, I think he could take a few more chances than be at, than last year even when he was more scripted under Dean Pease. Two years for Eric Weddle here, 10 interceptions. Six last year, four his first season. He drops a couple every year too. I know. He I, should. <laughs> I know. He does. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you. I think it's going to be Weddle again. Yeah. So yeah. I thought you were all about disagreeing with me. You know, I can't do it all the time. You know, sometimes <laughs> I have to just say what I Why don't I you go tape on Young? I do think that Marlon Humphrey is – you kind of dismissed him, but I think he will get tested a little bit. Brandon Carr also d- got tested last year, mm-hmm. and he had a number of interceptions. Four, um, something like yeah. that. So, like a career high. So, but I think that Marlon will get tested because he's going to be stepping into the starting lineup from day one yep. with Jimmy Smith being suspended. So, I agree with that. Um, yep. Something to watch there. All right, let's do some over-unders. All right. Okay. Like over those. or under 4,000 passing yards for Joe Flacco? Over. Easily. Okay. Uh, he's healthy. Uh, I think that even though this game is the Ravens' offense is still going to be largely based on the run. They're going to throw the ball a good amount, too. I don't think they're scared to throw the ball. They are confident in their passing attack this year. And I think Joe's going to play well. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm buying in on the Joe Flacco going to have a, a, I don't want to say career year. I don't want to say Super Bowl, you know, run kind of status because that's, that's hard to do. That's like Joe Montana territory. Uh, but I think Joe's going to be good this year, and I, I think he's going over 4,000 for the second time in his career. I think I'm going to go under. Really? I, <laughs> I think I'm definitely that, beating you on this one. Yeah, I, I think that Joe's been Joe's been in the league. He's going into his 11th season, and he's done it once. Uh, and he's played all 16 games in all but one season. Mm-hmm. So, And the only year that he did it, they threw the ball. They crazy threw the ball time. more than any other team in the league yeah. and, and never ran the ball. 
And so it's not necessarily – I think there's kind of a misconception that in order for Joe to be good and for this offense to be good, they he has to be over 4,000. I don't really think that's the case. I mean, the offense in recent history that we can think of that was – the best was in 2014 with Gary Kubiak, and he was under 4,000 yards that season. Well, but that, it was really, Kubiak's system is pretty unique. I mean, that is very kind of run-based. Greg Roman, you know, his run schemes that the Ravens have used have been very prevalent on running. And I understand that Marty Morningway is the offensive coordinator, but Greg Roman's running offense has been, all his offenses have always been run-heavy. And I still think the Ravens are going to be a run-heavy team with Alex Collins and Buck Allen and Kenneth Dixon and Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's going to get plays. I'm not sure how many a game, but he's going to get plays. And so those are some opportunities for Joe to throw the ball that are now taken away because potentially because mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson's on the field. So I think that I'm going to go under. I don't think under by a lot, but I think under 4,000. Cliff? Got to go with Garrett on this Woo! one and go under. I agree with almost everything he said there. I believe the Ravens' offense is going to be good. I do believe Joe's going to play well. But I believe the Ravens want to run the football. I don't think they're going to be behind uh, constantly because I think they're going to be a pretty good football team. Their defense will get them off the field. When they are ahead in the second half in those instances, they're going to look to do what all teams should do, run the ball. Mm -hmm. So I think it'll be a nice mix for the Ravens if he is under. If he is over, even though he plays well, it might not be good overall for the team. Yeah, that's the thing. When you think about 2016, the offense just wasn't good that year. He oh, went yeah. over 4,000 passing yards, but yes. everything was out of whack that year. Way out of whack. All right, so 1,000 over under 1,000 rushing yards for Alex Collins. I'll be quick on this because if I'm saying under 4,000 passing yards for Joe because they're going to have a good running <laughs> game, I've got to go over 1,000 rushing yards, <laughs> I think, for Alex Collins. I, I, I'm, I, you know, I really liked Alex Collins last year. He almost went over 1,000 rushing yards last season after not even having the starting job at the beginning of the season. I mean, go back to this time last year. He was on the practice squad. Uh, at this point so he's going to be the starter from week one and I think he's going to top a thousand yards I would agree with that I I don't think that a thousand rushing yards these days is that high of a mark I mean it's good but it's that was kind of like the barometer uh, of years past and I think a a number of guys top a thousand yards this year if they're featured back and I don't think that Alex has you know, I think that Buck Allen and Kenneth Dixon are good running backs, but there's not a guy that's going to really take that crown away from him anytime soon or early in the season. And like you guys said, I think that this team will run the ball a fair amount. So, yeah, I'm going over. You agree? Yeah, well, Ooh, not necessarily. We got a descending vote here amongst the yeah. judge. My, my thing is I kind of like one of one. I like Kenneth Dixon when he's healthy. Yeah. I think that he's improved as a receiver which um, I think that'll be a bigger part for him in this offense. But I like his – the burst I saw, the short time he got in the preseason, even though he had not been healthy, when he got in there, I liked it. Mm-hmm. also think that the Ravens tend to be, I think, running back by committee, which most teams are going to. And even if Alex Collins is rolling, I think there'll be a point where they don't want to overuse him mm-hmm. and try and make sure that in December and hopefully for them January – that he still has fresh legs. And if so if Dixon can stay healthy, along with Buck, Alex could have a really good year, but like last year, fall just short of 1,000. 
So yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's a lock, even though I think he's going to play well. Yeah, I think there's that's good rationale. I mean, I said in mailbag today that I thought the, the split at the start of the season would be 65% Alex Collins in terms of carries, 25% Buck Allen, and 10% Kenneth Dixon. But I think that's at the start of the season. If Kenneth Dixon continues to get more and more healthy, I think he takes a bigger piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. So then where whose pie does that come out of? And if Buck yeah. Allen's playing well, then maybe that, that comes out of Alex Collins 65%. So yeah. I, I think that you could be onto something there, Cliff, but you're you're going to be off. You're going to lose. <laughs> you're going to be onto something. All right. Um, okay, over under uh, nine wins. Whew. This is a tough one because I think nine wins is, is right around that. That's a good bar. Yeah. It's a good bar. Can't say at. Yeah, yeah, come on. Over. <laughs> no. Come on. Yeah, it's no over under. Push. I'm going over. Yeah. I'm going over. Company uh, man. I, yeah, company man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll go, I'm going over nine wins. I think this is a good team. I mean, I think – that we all saw how good the defense was last year. If the defense can stay at, at that level, mm-hmm. or even better, which I think they will. I think the pass rush is better than it was last year. I think that the secondary is just as opportunistic. I'm not going to say that they're going to lead the, the NFL in interceptions like they did last year, but I think they'll be among the leaders. And I think the run defense will be improved. I think overall this defense under Wink will be better than it was last year. So then if you take the offense, yeah. which was the Achilles heel, and you, you, it looks more like the second half of last year offense as opposed to the first half, I, I, think, I think it's going to be an offense in the top 10 to 15 and a defense in the top 10, 5 to 10, or, mm-hmm. or even higher than 5. So to me, teams are going to have trouble putting up points on the Ravens, on that Ravens defense. And if the offense can muster 21 a game, if they can get in the 20s, they're going to win a lot of games. Here's the thing that I've said all offseason in talking about the win total. I think that the defense is going to be the same, maybe a little better. Hopefully, yep. The hope there is that you can clean up the end-of-game situations, which I think that they will do. I think that they may yeah. can be improved there. Now, you're probably going to take a little bit of a step back in terms of overall takeaways because those are kind of fluky. A little they bit. can be. They can be. All right. But now the offense, all you need, to your point, is the offense to be a little bit better. Yes. This was a team that won nine games last year, right? Yep. So can they be one game better than they were last year? Well, and they're a heck of a lot healthier than this, this year than they were last year. A lot healthier. They are. They are. But, you, you know, we've we've seen enough NFL games that that can change in a hurry. Yeah. You know, so to say that now. Just saying that at this point, I mean, going into the season last year, they were they're really much better. Sh- they're in much better shape from a health standpoint. Yeah. But I think, so I think the offense is better. But the thing that. I keep coming back to and discussing this is that they're not going to most likely have a stretch where they face so many backup quarterbacks. There you go. Deshaun Watson didn't face him. Andrew Luck didn't face him. Aaron Rodgers didn't face him. Derek Carr didn't face him. I mean, those are four top level guys who they didn't face last year. And you're probably not going to have a stretch like that. So that's part of the reason that the, the Ravens' schedule is tough. Yeah. There's no doubt. I mean, you're going against the NFC South this year, which did they put three teams in the playoffs last year? I mean, they have three playoff contenders for yeah. sure. Yeah. With the Falcons, who are one of the best teams in the NFC. Yeah. Then you have the, the Carolina the Panthers, Panthers, who are really yeah. tough, especially at home. And the New Orleans Saints, who are a trendy Super Bowl pick this year. That's rough. Yeah. Uh, so they have their, the Ravens have their work cut out for them. Plus, I think the Browns are a better team than they were last year, no doubt. I think the Bengals won't have the worst offense in the league like they did last year. They're a better team, I think. You know, the division's going to be tough again this year, as it almost every year is. Are you backing off your pick here? No, I'm still going Tennessee. <laughs> I'm actually, because I think, I'm a company man. Yeah, and I, I ain't going to say we're out of the playoffs, because 9-7 <laughs> means we're out of the playoffs, most likely. I'm, I, I ain't going there. Nine you seven. are. No, no. Oh, I, sorry. I'm sorry. It's over under. Eight and eight. 
No. If you're going under, you're right, going right. eight or worse. Right. No, I, I think I would go over. <laughs> ah, <laughs> all right. Let's yeah, see if the I'm judge not, is going to say anything there. I haven't been here three weeks. <laughs> I just don't think I should go under. <laughs> and my honest opinion is that, yes, I would go over. Um, but those points you raised about the schedule, Garrett, and the lack of uh, quarterbacks that they've missed last year, it is an excellent point. But I have questions about the AFC North overall. I mean, I don't think the Steelers are a 12-win team. I think the Steelers are also going to score a lot of points, but I think they're going to give up a lot of points, too. Mm-hmm. I think the Browns will definitely be better, which isn't saying much. But if you're not one of those teams who loses to the Browns in the division, you're fine. So the Bengals are always a problem for the Ravens. Yeah. But if they can figure out a way to get a split with them, yeah, I see them going at least 4-2 and two in the division. Outside of division, they're going to face some tough games. But this is a better football team to me than last year. I think... This team is really, this is a really prove-me season for a lot of players and really for the whole organization. Everyone knows, having missed the playoffs the last three years, that something needs to change. For sure. Or, you know, something could change. So, <laughs> you know, and, and from that scenario, I think they will be a 10-win 10 10 team. I think they will be a playoff team. And then... At that point, they should be a greedy team and try and win the division. I think it, it, when you're looking at the AFC playoff picture, you mentioned you don't know how strong the AFC is. I mean, the Bills were in the playoffs last year. I think they're going to have a tough time getting back in the mm-hmm. playoffs this year, and we'll see week one, you know, where, where the Ravens versus Bills stack up. The Chargers are going to be a good team. They're going to be right in the thick of it, I think, in the playoff mix. And then the Houston Texans, I think, are a team to watch out for, too, in that wild card race when you're not talking division winners. The so, Titans were also a playoff team last year. Titans, yeah. yeah. The Ravens have another game in in Nashville. they got to beat them. So I always look at those games against these teams, the wild card contenders, mm-hmm. as really big games in terms of tiebreakers, all that kind of stuff. they got to beat the Titans, and I think they got to beat the Chargers. If the Ravens do both of those... I think they're probably it. Yeah, yeah Raiders too fall in that category. Yep, Raiders fall, and, and the Chiefs. I mean, that, that's the other thing. They face the <laughs> AFC West, right? which isn't bad either. No. It's a good division. Yeah. Right. So, all right, let's keep it moving. Uh, who do you guys think will be the most impactful rookie? I, I think my vote would go to, and two weeks ago I might have said Hayden Hurst before the injury, but I'm going to say Orlando Brown. I think that the rookie, um, I just think that he's going to end up being in the starting lineup and I liked what I've seen from him throughout the entire preseason. He was a proven guy at Oklahoma. I think the Ravens got a steal in the third round. I think he's, if you can get a third-round starter on the offensive line, I think that's, I think that's a win. And I think it's going to be Orlando Brown. I'm going to stick. I'm going to go with Hayden Hurst. Okay. I mean, we're talking impact here, right? And you're picking an offensive lineman. Hey, an offensive. <laughs> line. We, if you've got a good offensive line, I already talked about being able to run the ball. I said all of that. I think it's going to be a balanced offense. You got to protect your quarterback. I think offensive line. I like something a little sexier. Yeah. All right. You're you, you're just all sizzle. All sizzle mistakes. <laughs> so, I'm going Hayden Hurst, and, that, and it's not a knock on Orlando because I agree with you. I think that he is probably going to start some games this year, and most likely, I think just because of injuries. I mean, you're going to have injuries on the offensive line, and no matter who gets injured, I think that means that James Hurst, if he isn't a starter already, will be one. So Orlando Brown, I would be shocked if he doesn't start a game this year. Yeah. But Hayden Hurst is going to start and play a lot of football this year too after he comes back from the foot, and I think that he's going to be in the mix, a big part of the offensive equation, in the mix for leading the team in receptions. I mean, you're talking about impact. 
This guy's going to have a huge impact. They're, he's going to be leaned on heavily once he comes back and down the stretch to make key catches in third down situations and in the red zone. I think Hayden Hurst is going to be the guy. I'd have to go with you, Ryan. I mean, that's an easy <laughs> start for that guy. It's just too easy to go with the tight end over the offensive lineman. But, you know, I'm, in, I'm intrigued by Mark Andrews, too. And I think that these early games will be a shot for him to get more in the mix than maybe he would have been had Hurst not get injured. Mm-hmm. Now, I do believe that, you know, Hurst really showed well before he got hurt and that he'll reassume his role once he gets healthy as being the go-to tight end. But if Andrews shows that he can also be relied upon, Joe loves throwing the tight ends. And the Ravens love having two tight end sets. Mm-hmm. And I think that it could be a scenario where both of those guys, you know, are kind of battling to be, you know, impact guys. And that would really set the Ravens up well, obviously, for the future if both of those guys as rookies could be guys who Joe Flacco knows he can trust. For sure. All right. Next is breakout player. Yep. All right. I'm going to tee this one off because <laughs> I'm going to steal your guy. <laughs> okay. I'm going back to John Brown. I think John Brown's the breakout Does he, player. He qualifies as breakout. Does he? Because he's yes. already a 1,000-yard receiver. Dude, he's coming off a season of like 300 yards. Yeah, but he's already been a 1,000-yard receiver. This isn't... No, this is a re-breakout. All right, I'm also going to pick him as my comeback player. No. That's <laughs> <laughs> John's taking everything. All, yeah. right, does, all right, does he count as a breakout? I don't think he does. It? I think he was a, he was a, a big-time free agent okay. acquisition. All right. All right, then here's my breakout player. Do a little audible here. Okay. I'm going to go Marlon Humphrey. Yeah, I, I can see that. that? Was not a full-time starter last year. I think this year he will start 16 games. I think he starts, obviously, with Jimmy Smith out for the four-game suspension. And then once he comes back, I think Marlon is still the starter. And, you know, Marlon had a little rough patch in training camp because of John Brown. Yeah. <laughs> because John Brown was just going ham. Uh, but I don't think that's going to last into the regular season. This guy, first-round pick out of Alabama, is going to come into his own and be a breakout player. I'm going to go with Zadarius Smith. You mentioned him earlier for mm-hmm. the contract year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that he's going to make the most of that opportunity, and I, I really do think that he could be the Pernell McPhee, the Paul Kruger that gets in that five- to eight-sack range and goes in and cashes in with a big deal this offseason. You look at him, he's got the talent. He hasn't this is, he's come close, and we've talked about this before, Ryan. Like he's like the king of the the, the near sack. Well, he 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 was tied with uh, Von Miller in quarterback hits last year. Right, so he's getting there. Right. He just not hasn't been able to finish the job. I think that he finishes a few more of those sacks this year, and he is the breakout guy. Yeah, um, I think that yeah, Brown. I kind of just it's hard for me to look at him as a breakout guy. Maybe just because I kind of know what he can do. Mm-hmm. So I know I'm killing you, Garrett, but, <laughs> but yeah, I would go with Ryan on the pick. But another guy we haven't mentioned to keep an eye on is Chris Moore, I think. Yeah. I think that, I like that, you know, if John Brown, he's had some health problems. If one of those three top guys can't stay healthy, that means more reps for Moore. I like the way he reacted this season to it was kind of wide open for him to have a bigger role, and he clearly became one of the top four wide receivers. Yeah, no I think that's a good sign that he wasn't intimidated by all these new guys coming in, someone who had a pedigree. He just played his game, you know, looked good. And, yeah, again, if if somebody gets hurt in front of him, I think he could be ready to step up and deliver. I agree. A couple more before we finish things up here. Comeback player, I talked about that. You know, this is an interesting one. I think Tavon Young. 
I, I just think that I was really excited about Tavon Young before he got hurt last year. He's going to be back to playing the nickel role. You know, I don't necessarily know that he's going to put up huge stats, but, but when you have games against a guy like an Antonio Brown who you're going to need to a shifty guy to cover, by no means am I saying Tavon Young's going to go out there and shut down Antonio Brown, but I just think that the Ravens needed a guy like him in recent years. Uh, we needed a guy like him last year, and I'm excited to see what he can do. Oh, Marshall Yonda. Allison's week two last year, and the offensive line did pretty darn well. You're picking an offensive lineman? Come on, I need something a little more sexy. This is an impact. (laughs) This is comeback. Okay, okay. I mean, people kind of forget about how how big a loss that was, I think, last year for the Ravens' offense. And they still had a good running game. You insert Marshall Yonda back into that offensive line, it could be a real strength, I think, for this offense. You know, both of those. That's just a tough call here. I like both of those picks. You know, I do I do like Tavon, though. I just think that that position is so important mm-hmm. in today's NFL. Sure. There's usually three D-backs on the field all the time anyway. And as you mentioned, he's going to be going up against some top-notch guys. And I think he's just a very good football player. And I just think that Tavon, hopefully he can stay healthy this year. If he does, I think he'll play well and be a real key piece for their defense. And we'll go out on this one. The Ravens will make the playoffs if. Okay, you tossing to me first here? Yeah, sure. The Ravens will make the playoffs if the Flacco meter is trending more towards elite. No, I, I would agree with this, that. This yeah. is, you know, PFT commenter. He puts up his Flacco meter. Yeah. If the arrow is breaking off on the elite side of this, yeah. then the Ravens are going to be in the playoffs. I, I think it. you ride or die with Joe. You know, if, if Joe struggles then this offense is going to struggle mightily, and it's not going to be pretty. But if Joe can play the way that the Ravens paid him to play after the Super Bowl run, they're going to be in the playoffs. I agree with you, and I'll say this just to add to it. I think the Ravens are in the playoffs if they clean up the late-game defensive meltdowns. That, to me, you look at games last year, Cincinnati. Of course, Cincinnati 4th and 12, you play to that directly. If you don't have that, you're in the playoffs last year. Here's Uh, the thing, though. Pittsburgh. I, I agree with you, and like I think every Ravens fan would, right? But some of that kind of gets a little blown out of proportion because they've closed out games in the final minutes too, right? You're not going to close out every single game. That's just how it works. Like When you play in so many close games, some are going to go your way and some aren't. That's just how the scales balance. Now, I agree with you. It can be better, but they're gonna the Ravens, unless they start, the offense goes buck wild and they start blowing out some people's, some people they're going to be in close games and they're going to lose some. I it's going to happen. Yeah, but I think that you're I think that you're forgetting about there were games that the Ravens had won that the defense had played well and then they get out there and they oh, give yeah. up the fourth quarter. Well, I mean the Pittsburgh, Steelers and Bengals are the worst. Yeah, and then, I, and, I, and then I even look at overtime a game against the Chicago Bears at home and and they gave up the overtime. Well, long but run. they cl- they closed out the game they, against Indy. They did. They did. Remember go Indy, in. right? The Kennedy play. Yeah. Okay. So if you if you want to celebrate, so they're, they're, you if, can you find celebrate if you want to celebrate, if he wants to celebrate the play against Indy where there was no Andrew Luck and they drove down the field and got to the goal well, I'm line, just saying Kennedy, they closed out the and game. And Kennedy came up with the interception at the end of that game. It wasn't as an like your it was a pass deflection. deflection at the end of the game. You want to come up with that as your shining example to say there's, there's no defensive lapses late in games. That's fine. You can have that one. But I think that if the Ravens clean up the defensive meltdowns and lapses late in games, I think they're going to be back in the postseason. Yeah, Garrett, I, I would agree with that. I, I was going to say get off the field on third down. Mm-hmm. I just think that... In the fourth quarter. Right. Or, <laughs> yeah, or any quarter. Any quarter. Because I think if they give the ball back to this offense, it'll pay dividends. 
And I think that that's just so important. It's hard to do because offenses, to me, are getting harder and harder to stop. But those three and outs and getting off on third down, it's hard to get teams into third and long now. When you get them, you have to get off the field. So even though Joe, to me, he's still the franchise guy, I could envision a year where Joe plays really well and they still don't make the playoffs. Mm. But if this defense consistently gets off the field on third down, consistently protects fourth quarter leads, yeah. I don't envision a scenario where the Ravens don't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Huh. I don't, I, if Joe plays really well, I don't see this team make it, missing the playoffs. I think uh, the defense you can rely on. I think if Joe plays really well, they're in. Well, I, I mean, I agree. I think if Joe plays really well, but... Well, no, Cliff just said. He said he could envision could Joe envision. playing really well and then yeah. missing the playoffs. I do. I, you know, I think he's going to play well, yeah. and obviously that greatly yeah, yeah. improves their chances. Yeah, 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 for sure. But I, I still think that, no, that that's not a lock. Yeah. That he could play really well, particularly with the schedule they have. You know, they, they're going to be playing some teams... A lot of teams that if the defense doesn't that's, play well, that's true. They're going to put up. They're some going points. to give up some points. The Saints are going to put up some points for sure. The Falcons are going to put up some points. So, yeah, yeah that's interesting. All right, so those are our predictions for this season. Um, as always, we love to hear from you guys, the fans. You can email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Cliff, thank yes. you very much for joining us. Thank you. Got to get it out of his robe and his wig. It's yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we will be back with you guys next week, hopefully after a big. Big win. Oh, yeah. Over Big the Buffalo Bills. Big win. win over the Buffalo Bills. Thanks for listening, guys.